My guest today is Rebecca Metz, and she is super talented and very funny, you guys. If you're a fan of Breakfast, you have heard of my love of the show Better Things, and she plays Sam Fox's manager, Tressa, that's an interesting name, on the hit FX show. More on that later. She also played Melinda, who worked at the diner with Fiona on Shameless, so we got to talk about that. And she's currently playing Jenna on the Disney show, Cammie and Coop Ask the World. So get ready. We have reached the penultimate show of season one, and we have got Rebecca Metz today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream and some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast Time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we met, I'll tell you this, I don't know if you remember, the first time we met in person, because you went to school with my wife mm-hmm. at Carnegie Mellon, but the first time we actually met, I walked into the audition room for Better Things, and you that day were helping them, probably doing your good thing as an actor and learning all the different types of things you can do and learning about casting and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. were playing the reader that day. Yep. And so I got I got to say that threw me for a loop a little bit. You know? <laughs> I, I think it threw a few people. You know, what actually happened is that Felicia Pisano, the casting director and now producer of Better Things, had a family mm-hmm. emergency. And oh. so um, she called me the day before and said, I've got 100 actors scheduled to come read and I have to fly home. Can you come read? And yeah. so... You know, I was happy to do it. Like, as you just said, it's, there's nothing you can do that's like, will teach you more about the audition process than sitting on the other side of it. Um, it was a very interesting day. Yeah. So I walked into the room and I see you and like, oh, I think I literally said, oh, I, I know you. And, uh-huh. I said, I, and I don't think we hadn't met. So I don't even know if you knew exactly who I was. I said, I said I'm, uh, I'm Tress's husband, Tress Pope's husband, Brent Pope. And you were like, oh, cool. And then they were like, okay, let's do the audition. And I was like, I don't even know if I said words. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. <laughs> yeah. And literally, I mean, this is this is, uh, this is inside information, guys. For all of you out there that wonder what it's like sometimes when you have an audition and you don't think it went well. I, I love that show so much. And I talk about it a lot. And it deserves it. And I think more people should watch better things. Um, I got in my car. I called my friend Matthew Harris, who's like one of my actor friends that I really respect. And I said, Matt. I just had my last audition. I was like, I, oh, <laughs> I, said, oh, no. I, I said, I'm literally done. I was like, I, I went off for my favorite show. I absolutely don't even think I, you know, I, I totally blew it. And he was like, he's like, okay, chill out. So then fast forward two months later, uh, I didn't get that part. Oh, uh, two months you. later, I get a call and they say, hey, you book better things. And I was like, what? And so <laughs> I was like, I didn't, uh, that was like a long time ago. And it was a different part. And then when I get on set, and I got to say, you know, I can't say enough about Pamela Adlon. She's, to me, a superwoman. Uh, she's one of the best uh, bosses I've ever had. Even though it was only one day on set, I, I really appreciated 
the the charge that she had of everything. She was, she was doing everything, and she didn't mm-hmm. feel well that day either. But she, oh, yeah. she came up to me. You know, she came up and she knew my name, which you know that doesn't always happen. They you know if you're a day player, they don't always know your name. Mm-hmm. And I told her I was like, hey, you know, my wife is named Tressa, and uh, I know your manager's name on the show is Tressa, and uh, they went to school together at Carnegie Mellon, and Pam freaked out. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to do my Pam impression because I do one, but, uh, <laughs> out of respect, but she's like, she, she stopped the whole thing. She's like, guys, are you freaking kidding me? This guy that I picked, <laughs> because what happened was she went, she said, I didn't like any of the people we had for this part. She told me that I went back and looked at old auditions mm-hmm. and I was like, I like that guy's audition. So that's what I was going to say to you is first of all, I do not remember you being in any way bad in your right. audition. Um, and for that role, she did exactly that. She went back and cast someone that she had used in season one. Yeah. So she didn't pick anyone from those others. So right. it's not like you didn't get the role because she picked someone else who came in that day. She didn't. She picked someone who she knew already and then went back to the... So like, it just goes to show you that as actors, we can't really trust ourselves <laughs> about how we right. did in the audition. We have no idea. And you if- just never know. You never know why you didn't get something or what it might lead to. Oh, sure. And it was a big learning experience for me. And, you know, it's going to go the other way. It's going to go the opposite way sometimes, too. You know, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought I'd share that. And, and, you know, she did freak out when I told her all the connections, like, that you and my wife, Tressa, uh, <laughs> yeah. actually went to school together. And she was like, I don't even know how that name came about. If it was just someone that she had knew or a name that they, I knows? don't know either made up but uh, i don't know either but it's an interesting story and i get a lot of mileage out of it (laughs) Uh uh-huh we were Um, actually doing the last thing that i did professionally before everything closed down because of covid was adr for better things it was like monday march whatever the beginning of that week was when everything started closing down and she was having someone come in to do this this past season there's like a part where they're listening to the radio and there's a bbc reporter talking about stuff that's happening in the world. And I was, I had done my stuff and I was just hanging out and kind of learning and listening because I'm a nerd that way. And I like to do that. And they were talking about the BBC reporter who was coming in, the person to do the VO. They were like, something, something Paula. And I was like, is it Paula Jane Newman? And I said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I went to college with her. And I had this amazing reunion with my friend who I lived with in Sherman Oaks when I first moved to LA, like Paula and I know each other uh-huh. well and it was a similar like uh, paula i think is the last person that i hugged before we were not allowed to hug people oh, that's very interesting and pam i similarly freaked out and we're like what are the odds and blah, 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 you know wow well you know a little foreshadowing uh, this is the penultimate episode so you know i had to get somebody really good for that uh and then the next episode I'm recording is the season finale. I have an actor, and I'm not going to say who it is right now, but he was shooting a show in South Carolina, and they shot for two days, and then they got locked down, and he's been in South Carolina for three months now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because, oh, my gosh. Because he'd already moved his three dogs there and his wife, and they're like, yeah. you know what? Let's not travel back and forth. Yeah. But yeah. So there's all sorts of crazy stories about people who are in places. I have friends that have been in Milwaukee the whole time because they were mm-hmm. visiting their family in Milwaukee, and they live here. Yep. So it's a crazy world we live in, and we're lucky we all, you know, have uh, hopefully jobs to go back to. And, you know, not, that's not the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, going back to better things, I, you know, I, I love that show. I was on set a day when the bear was there that one season. <laughs> yes, yes. That was so um, exciting. 
a bear that wasn't supposed to be there, you guys. And okay, because uh, there have there have then the next season because of that bear, she wrote a bear that was supposed to be. Yep, there. this bear was not supposed to be there. And in fact, you know, we saw it uh, swimming in the swimming pool of the neighbors. Yes, uh, I remember uh, that day because, or maybe maybe it was the next day, but I remember getting a call sheet that had like a bear advisory across the top. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, it must be a scene with a bear in it that I'm not in. And then I got there and they were like, no, no, there's a bear. And I have a video of Kevin Pollack doing his Johnny Carson impression, narrating the bear eating a bag of garbage down in the ravine. Like we all on a break went over to watch the bear eat garbage and Kevin like did his shtick. Uh, that's amazing. I, and I know <laughs> they were, they, they were kind of leaving the bear alone because it had a cub, you know, Oh, that I yeah. remember, yeah. So they didn't want to mess up the family dynamic, which that's that's nice. I love um, bears. I yeah. worked in in Montana in college in Glacier National Park, where we got some bear training, and um, like, uh, so I know a little bit about bears and have been in proximity to bears, and I'm relatively comfortable with how not to get killed um, um, by bears. That's wow. That's interesting. I I've been to Glacier uh, Park. National Park. My sister lives in Missoula, so uh, oh, driving yeah. up there. Uh, how did you end up up there? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> so, do you know Vicki Reiniger from Carnegie? No, I don't think I do. She, she was in my class. She's my bestest friend. And um, so between junior and senior year, we have conflicting memories of how this ended up happening. But um, one way or another, we both got summer jobs from something that they sent to Carnegie. Um Oh, God, cats. You're going to hear cats. Gabby. Oh, cute. Yeah. Look, you're not going to get complaints about cats from me. I have two cats. I have okay, two dogs. Okay, I get good. it. Then I, w- yeah. I won't worry about it. <laughs> so um, we ended up getting jobs in uh, waiting tables in the restaurant and singing in the Country Western Cabaret. What? Uh, at night. I ended up leaving the restaurant because it turns out I am terrible at waiting tables, and I went into the gift <laughs> shop. But um, we we worked for the whole summer in Glacier and sang country music, which meant we, both of us East coasters had to learn country music. And, um, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I, and kind of what I credit with making me want to move out West. Like that was the further, furthest West I'd ever spent any real time. And, right. um, it really got a tooks in me. I was like, this, this feels more like where I'm supposed to be. And I think, okay. uh, you know, a large part of why I ended up in LA is because of that summer in Montana. Interesting. Uh, I, you know, you mentioned not being a good waitress. So that's very interesting that, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, let's, let's transition to shameless where you played a waitress. Oh yeah. At, at the diner. I don't remember the name of the diner, but the, the diner Patsy's that Fiona pies. worked at. Okay. Is it really called Kathy's pies? Patsy's pies. Patsy's pies. You're right. Patsy's pies. Uh, and you and Fiona, who is uh, Emmy Rossum. Had a, yeah, mm-hmm. Emmy Rossum. You guys had a little bit of a rivalry, and I, I feel like you know I was kind of on your side. You know, <laughs> she was getting preferential treatment at work. I said to her once, like when when I was really giving her some shit uh-huh. on the show, character wise, I was like, oh, people are going to hate me, and she was like, oh no, everybody hates my character. Anybody who's mean to me, people love. You're going to be everybody's hero. Yeah, it's Which, weird. Uh, Fiona's the character that you you really want her to break out of all this the the badness of the stuff that happens with her family just throughout history, mm-hmm. and then she just can't get out of her own way. Kind of like the rest of the family, you know. It's like yeah, you know, I mean that's kind of the dynamic of that show is people who are just stuck and trapped by their own, um, you know, history and and demons and and. You know, you can get into the political stuff of economic, whatever. And, right. Yeah. But well, yeah. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a reminiscing mood today. Like, you know, the first episode of Breakfast, which was uh, about 11 months ago now, uh, we just, this is a relatively new podcast. We are, my guest was Mary Kennedy. I don't know if you know Mary Kennedy. I sure do. We were in oh. an episode together. Excellent. Yeah. Love Mary Kennedy. Uh, that character could not be further away from <laughs> yeah. Kennedy, the person. But yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, encapsulating the uh, beginning and almost the end of the season with with Shameless characters, uh-huh. another show that I like. Um, what do you take away from that experience working? Do you think you learned anything about being a waitress actually from being on that show? Would you be a better waitress now? Um, well, I don't think that Melinda was a good waitress. So I think yeah. I, I just reinforced <laughs> my sense of being a terrible waitress who yes. doesn't give a shit about being good at her job and is rude to people. That's not why I was a bad waitress. I was very polite, but I, um, I think I was well cast as someone Absolutely. who doesn't enjoy being a waitress. Um, but I I didn't learn anything about being a waitress from that <laughs> show. Although, I will say that Shameless is one of the most, like, highest l- levels of work. Like, you are expected to be at 100%, 100% of the time. There are people who did not make it, who ha- were supposed to be there for a long time, who were not oh. there for a long time because they could not hang with that level of expectation. You are... Um, it's a John Wells show. He's one of the great television showrunners. And at the beginning of every season at the table read, they said, just a reminder, uh, no scripts on set. Mm-hmm. They don't print baby sides. So for people okay. who don't work in TV, you usually, when you're working on television every day, you get a little packet of pieces of paper. It's eight and a half by 11 paper cut in half with um, the script pages that you're shooting for the day and a little baby call sheet that you keep and you just keep it with you as reference. And if you forget mm-hmm. a line or whatever, they don't do that. They don't like to waste the paper. And their attitude is if you're on this show, you should be off book when you get here. You shouldn't need babysitting. I love and that. I, I love it too. Because when we rehearsed, we actually rehearsed because it wasn't a lot of the time people, actors, you know, use rehearsal to get off book. Right. And um, we were expected to already be off book. So, which I, I personally would always be anyway because it makes me very nervous to show up on set, not super firmly off book. That's just me. Yeah, but and um, it, 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 we moved really fast. There were days that I walked nine thousand steps waitressing on that show. Like we really hustled. It was not a cushy day at work. I I've always been a little bit paranoid about props. Like I'm going to break something or drop something or whatever. And that show disabused me of that because I, we were just constantly waitressing, grabbing plates, grabbing, you know, it was just a constant kind of look busy, look busy, look busy. So um, that show gave me a lot of confidence that I could, that I could work at that level, hang with the people who were working at that level um, get over some of my own fears of fucking up. Can I say that on this podcast? Yeah. Whatever um, you want. <laughs> that was a, yeah, that was a bit. And it was also my first sort of major recurring role. It was the first time that I was on a show long enough to get to know the crew, have them get to know me, to have a little, you know, to be not the newest actor in the cast, yeah. to have, you know, Emmy and I are friends now to develop a relationship with one of the leads and have them say like, Oh, you really know what you're doing and feel like, feel like I could really be a partner to her. Um, that show was a big deal for me. And I think That's of it great. very fondly. Yeah. I think I had started watching Shameless before Tressa did, and she kind of caught up. And I had literally said like, oh, this this waitress, she's uh, kind of sassy. I like her. 
And she's like, that's Rebecca Metz. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I will tell Ma- you. Melinda, right? Yeah. Yes, Melinda. I will tell you a story about Shameless if okay. you want to hear it. Yes. So, I mean, I, I auditioned for that show probably a dozen times or more over the years. Um, and I went in for, there was a character named Sammy who was like one of Frank's long lost children. Uh-huh. And I oh, went Sammy, in for sure. That. I remember Sammy. Yeah. She was on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I went in for that role. I had two callbacks. I had a chemistry read with William H. Macy. It was between me and the woman who got it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was at a time that I was in a day job that I really hated. And I was looking to that as like, this could completely change my life. And I didn't get it. And it was one of those things where I was I was really upset for a few days. It was That really hit me hard. And they said... We love her. We're going to find something for her. And they, people say that to you sometimes, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, sure. And then the next season, they brought me in for Melinda, and other people were auditioning, but I really do think that role was for me. And um, it meant a lot to me that they said, you know, we love her. We're going to find something for her. And they did. You know what? I, I, look, when you find something like that where they say th- they do what they say they're going to do, and mm-hmm. I've told this story before, going back to better things, you know, uh, Pamela Adlon told me, hey, I, you're stuck in this truck. It's 105 degrees all day. She goes, you're, I, I like your work ethic. I'm going to bring you back. No one will remember next season you played this part right here, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you in for another part. And she has had me audition. I've auditioned for something every season since mm-hmm. then. I haven't got it, but, you know, I wasn't right for the part probably. So, yep. But the point is she said something, and it's not like something. It wasn't just something she said and then like, oh, I say that to everybody and I just forgot about it. She actually, yeah. you know, kept in the back of her mind or wrote it down or something and has had me, you know. So, yes, when you find somebody like that, it's 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 just makes you feel like uh, some kind of resolve that uh, humanity mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's still good humans in this world. Yeah, and it's nice when those are the shows and the people who are successful. You know, it gives you a little, you know, people say terrible things about Hollywood and, and some of them are true. But, yes. you know, there's also often really good people at the helm and um at who who look out for other really good people and try to do right by them and that is encouraging to me so you're on better things which is i say is one of the more uh realistic type shows in mm-hmm. fact some of my friends say i i can't watch it because it seems too real <laughs> and then you've got something like uh coop and cammy uh where it's it's a disney show yeah. so tell me about your uh i guess your thought process in auditioning for those two different types of shows i mean for me and i think this is you know you can ask your tressa if um, she agrees with this but you know one of the things that i came away from carnegie with from my training there is it all goes back to the writing everything comes from the writing so i mean as an actor you have to have the capacity to be able to adapt to different styles obviously so i don't want to you know not short short myself credit for that but like if you tried to do better things style acting with the coop and cami script it would sound bizarre right and vice versa um so for me it was not that difficult to adjust tonally the sets are very difficult and it did when this season when i went from coop and cami to better things um, there were a couple of things that Pam was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm doing sitcom acting. I'm sorry. I have to like make the <laughs> mental adjustment. Um, so it does, t- there are technical adjustments to make, yeah. but in the audition process, like the Disney audition, it was just all honoring the writing. It's 
classic family sitcom writing. It's very um, sort of theatrical in style. You know, it's proscenium, it's holding for laughs, it's stuff that like if you've done theater, all your theater instincts are gonna kick in to support you. So I was very comfortable. The, the weirdest thing about it to me was that I, you know, coming from shameless and better things and stuff like that, I, I did not think of myself as appropriate to be a Disney Channel mom. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll never forget the other woman who was testing for it was like blonde and perfect. And I was like, well, that's who I would cast. So I kind <laughs> of very consciously thought I'm going to do this in a way that is authentic to me. I'm not going to try and make myself some kind of perfect Disney version of myself, because if I get this job, I want to like myself and be happy for however long it lasts. And um, so I was dry and sarcastic and annoyed and all of the things that (laughs) that I uh, get paid to do a lot of the time. And, um, and it turns out that's what they wanted. And that job has been such a, lovely surprise because it's, it was just a total sort of diversion from the path and trajectory that I thought I was on and not something I ever would have thought I was right for. And it's been so much fun. Well, I look, it speaks to your um, adaptability and your versatility that you could be on better things mm-hmm. and, and uh Coop and Cammy mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't be more different shows and yet you're on both of them and you thrive on both of them. So that's cool. You know, to me. Yeah. I feel very lucky that I have gotten to do, you know, American horror story and yeah. <laughs> Disney Channel show. And like, it's exciting to me that I've gotten to do, I think, I think there are through lines. There are things that I see that kind of bring, bring all of these sort of seemingly disparate kinds of roles and projects together. But it's very exciting to me that I've gotten to work on, so many right. different kinds of projects. Gosh, you talk about American Horror Story. Were you? Uh, was Ryan Murphy there when you were shooting American Horror Story? He wasn't there. Um, he was around when I was doing Nip Tuck. Like we have met. Oh yeah, that's we, right. We have yes. talked. We know each other. Um, he uh-huh. wasn't around when I was doing American Horror Story. Um, he's a very busy man. <laughs> yeah. I well, I'll say. Look, I think it was my only my second TV show I ever shot was I did the pilot of Versace. Mm. Um. The assassination of Johnny Johnny Versace, and all all my scenes got cut. But it, but he comes on set, and I was just like, oh, I am a little intimidated, you know, because mm-hmm. he's because he's just like everyone walks on set, and not that anyone's scared of him, but it gets quiet, and they're like, okay, yeah, get he's ready the big to work. Boss showrunner, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. I went in that show with a no line co star, and we were done, and everyone got released except me, and they said, hey, Ryan really liked what you did uh, nice. <laughs> with your no lines. We're gonna write a scene for you. Can you oh. hang around? Yeah, and they Amazing. wrote a scene for me. Yeah, I, it was an intense scene too. It was like the scene where they're doing CPR on Versace in the ER room, and I'm the you know orderly that like yeah just takes all this stuff while they're doing CPR so I can try to sell it later. I mean, what uh-huh. a douche! Wow. <laughs> but they wrote another scene where I was like trying to sell stuff on the phone <laughs> to someone. That's and awesome. To... <laughs> yeah, it all got cut, but hey, great experience At least it was and good. like. And Ryan Murphy noticed me, talked to me. That's pretty cool. I my, a big chunk of my American Horror Story got cut. Um, yeah, yeah. Not all well, of it, so I still get residuals. Get, thank goodness. But I don't. But <laughs> I gotta say, it's that's one of the things you learn is like, boy, you uh, look. If you get paid for it, that's all you can really ask for because you can't mm-hmm. control what's going to get cut. Who knows? Maybe something mm-hmm. weird happens with one of the other actors, or somebody in the background did something and they can't use it. But yep, you know, all you can hope for is that you get paid. You know, I know do, that and do your best work. 
yeah, the American Horror Story thing that got cut uh, was I bumped into the director sometime later and he told me it was, you know, it was not my acting. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, sort of like on one level, I know that. And on the other, another level, there is a voice in your head that's like, maybe you were terrible. Um, um, well, look. But, but, um, but to tie that to a Better Things story, I was originally booked on Better Things for one episode. The, the episode where yeah. Pam in season one, Pam is like auditioning for or being considered for a pilot and she doesn't get it and tries to kind of protect mm-hmm. her from that whole thing. And um, and a few weeks later, I got a text from Felicia Fasano on a Sunday saying, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, nothing. You want to come do a scene? And and they wrote me into a scene. And that was the beginning of sort of Tressa being folded into the the friend family on better things. And after that, wow. you know, I was there a lot. I want to talk about our breakfast that we got <laughs> yes. from Gloria's cuisine, LA. Yes. Uh, it's in the little, uh, Highland park area uh, of Los Angeles. It's a small place. I really want to support them. They seemed really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's at, at its heart. It's, it's a Mexican restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we both got the, the salmon toast. Mm-hmm. That's better than I thought salmon toast could be to be honest with you i mean i I saved it for lunch because we got a lot of food yes we did we did too i didn't save it so (laughs) (laughs) yeah the salmon toast the salmon was real good the toast was nice and crunchy uh had like the red onions it had all those those like kind of high-end things that that you don't have to put on something but add to it yeah i i was just into it um, that salmon is, I mean, I am a New York Jew. I come from New York uh-huh. Jews. I grew up in New Jersey, but I still count. And um, yeah. that salmon toast is right up my alley. Like those flavors, cream cheese, you know, a sourdough bread, smoked salmon, red onion, pickled tomatoes. Like that, oh, yeah. that is like my language. And I swear I'm getting, I, my, I say to my husband all the time and he laughs at me, I'm getting Jewier as I get older. Like I, I was never... <laughs> into like smoked fish and pickled things. And, you know, that was all gross to me when I was a kid. Um, and now like it's all I want in my life is, you know, red onion and smoked salmon. And Oh, so good. If you're in the area, that's a place you got to check yeah. out for the salmon toast. Uh, the savory waffle was interesting. It was, the, you know, a waffle and then you get a couple poached eggs on top of it and some bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not actually a, usually a big fan of like, waffles with savory stuff on it you know i usually mm-hmm. mix i usually separate them if i get mm-hmm. them on the same plate but i gotta say that the, the, that all worked pretty well together too i thought i liked it i um yeah. i crisped up my bacon i like a well-done piece of bacon so i crisped up my bacon a little bit when it got here um, I did the same thing i'm a savory breakfast person so i'm like sweet i just have blood sugar issues i can't have a bunch of sweet like a stack of pancakes with syrup and whatever i'll be stoned for the rest of the day so um, I really liked it, but like a little maple syrup on some bacon and some waffles made me very happy. And I was uh, very too. impressed yeah. that they were yeah. able to serve and transport poached eggs to go. Yeah. That was really impressive to me. It was, it was, it didn't break. They were perfect. Yeah. Uh, I also got, ugh, this was so rich and it was just like, I kind of just inhaled it. I got the enchiladas also. Oh my God. It had this <laughs> green sauce with enchiladas and I was literally just like, um, spooning it in like like it was soup. But you know, mm-hmm. when I was done, it felt like I was gaining a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. But but I didn't care. It was so good. I have uh, so- to remind myself when I go back east. Like you know, I've been in LA for more than twenty years now. So 
in my brain, Mexican food is a safe go-to. Any kind of Mexican place, it's probably going to be pretty good. That is not the case in New York. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, I, I got home, I flew home, and my dad picked me up from the airport once, and we were hungry, and we just sort of pulled over to, like, a random taco place, and they put mozzarella cheese on the tacos, and I was like, oh, right. I am in New York now. I can't just go to random Mexican places and assume that it's going to be good. Right. Wow. It's like Italian food in New York is the way Mexican food, you know, that's the parallel. I love visiting New York City. Uh, I don't think I could live there, but Mm -hmm. I do love visiting. I love the food there. I love the. Yeah. I could live there, but I would have to have so much money. I would need, I need um greener space I, I would need to be near a park i would need some quiet which is hard right. to come by there you know i guess if you know somebody wanted to book me to play like mr cellophane in chicago on broadway oh my gosh. or off broadway then i would move to new york for that amount of time is that sure. your dream yeah. broadway role uh, kind of i mean i don't know i i feel like i i i uh give myself kind of a limited number of roles just because i'm not that great of a mover uh-huh. Uh, on stage, you know, just because uh-huh. I haven't had much training. I've done a lot of stage stuff, but not necessarily musicals where I have uh-huh, to uh-huh. dance. And I feel like Mr. Cellophane is, you know, kind of that character that yeah. he, he dances a little bit. Yeah. But I can play that very put upon, sad type character. That's I could totally my, see you being Mr. Cellophane, guys. which is what, the best part of Chicago in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I love Chicago, but I love that. Right. It is now time for our segment that we call. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Rebecca Metz, you yeah. play Tressa, Sam Fox's manager on the FX show Better Things. If you have to take in one person for a quarantine for uh, one to two months, mm-hmm. would you rather take in Xander, uh, Sam's ex? Oh no, Jeff, uh, <laughs> Sam's best friend's ex. Uh, Both guys with big flaws, but you have to take one of them in. Yeah, I mean, I have to go with Jeff because Jeff at least recognizes that he has flaws. He mm-hmm. is trying to work on them. He is good at putting furniture together, um, and he's funny and he smokes pot. So, whereas Xander is totally oblivious to his flaws, is incredibly flaky, can't be relied on for anything. Um, I just want to say that both of these actors are lovely, lovely people, and I really feel for a lot of the men on the show because All right. <laughs> they don't come off very well. Craig Cromer is a, is a lovely guy. I met him. Oh, my God. Um, I did not meet the actor who plays Xander. I'll say this. Uh, I think you're pretty spot on. The only thing I was kind of thinking was... Xander is a guy you can kind of shut down, you know, a little bit. If you if you insult him, he he might. So if you want, so if you were just like, I just want this guy to sit over there and be quiet for two months, uh-huh. you might be able to do that to Z- to Xander more than Jeff. And Jeff might awkwardly hit on you too. I don't know, based on what his character. Did. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm not okay. worried about. I, I'm perfectly comfortable shutting that down. Right. <laughs> well, I accept that answer. Jeff yeah. is our is our of the of the uh, non preferred quarantine buddies from Better Things. Yeah. Because obviously we would all pick Diedrich Bader's character. That'd be the best guy quarantine buddy. Completely. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe Kevin. Well, Kevin Pollock's characters it might be a tough quarantine buddy also. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But you're going to get some good impressions. You know, You'd get a lot of so. Johnny Carson. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> That's right. Breakfast quick bite. 
number two. You are, as you say, a native New Yorker where bagels weren't invented, but uh, it's where they were perfected. I was told that by a native New Yorker. <laughs> uh-huh, I bet you were. <laughs> I, I have a suspicion. I know where you're going to go with this. Uh-huh. But I have to ask, what's the better type of bagel, sweet or savory? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I have room in my heart for one and only one sweet bagel, and that is a cinnamon raisin bagel. It is grandfathered in. Because oh. it's part of the New York bagel canon. Yeah. Other than that, I am a diehard savory bagel, New York bagel woman. I I don't, I mean, if you want to see me throw something across the room, give me a blueberry bagel. Oh, wow. Uh, chocolate chip, uh, like steam comes out of my ears. It's blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. Do you uh, toast the bagels or don't toast the bagels? Okay, so it's interesting because my New Yorker father thinks it is blasphemy to toast a bagel. I like a toasted bagel. Yeah. Yeah. But I, if you have a good, I understand his point. If you have a proper bagel, which is crunchy on the outside and soft and warm on the inside, you don't have to toast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we don't, sometimes you need to give it a little help. Also, I keep my bagels in the freezer. Yeah. To keep them fresh. So you have to toast them. Otherwise, it'll be a very unpleasant experience. I think for myself, I'm like, uh, I like those kind of everything bagels. I, mm-hmm. I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, the savory side too. Yeah. Uh, I love a nice schmear on it. I love some bagel and locks, uh, or just even like, uh, uh, what is it? not poppy seeds, but, uh, what are the other seeds? Sesame, uh, sesame seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of sesame seeds on, on the bagel, but yeah. My uh, husband is a sesame bagel guy. Oh, I'm into that, especially if it's a little bit toasted. Toasted mm-hmm. sesame seeds, yeah. I mean, these sweet bagel people. I just, I, 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 I accept all views and diverse bagel perspectives. You're just wrong. Yeah. In the future, you know, there's going to be a movie called The Rebecca Metz Story. Who is oh. going? To, who has the chutzpah to play Rebecca Metz? I don't know. I never know how to answer that question. I feel like it's not my job to. It's not. It's just a fun thing that I I like. Yeah. To, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm difficult so, in that I hate answering that question. I'm going to cast Grover. Oh, that's funny. You know, we just did that a couple weeks ago. I said if there was a Muppet. So, I'll, yeah. Would you pick Grover to, to play you as I mean, a Muppet? it depends. What I would want, I would want to do what they did in that Bob Dylan movie where, like, different Muppets play me in different moments because sometimes I'm more of an Oscar the Grouch. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. very Grover. Sometimes I'm a... Uh, New Zealand, the boomerang fish guy. You right. need a lot, a lot of uh, Muppets to capture a full personality. I think. See, and you did it. You answered the question. That's perfect. <laughs> I love that. Well, guys, if you would like to get more info on the Breakfast Show, such as pics of Rebecca Metz and I enjoying food from Gloria's Cuisine LA, there are a bunch of ways to do that. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Scoops Pope, and make sure you follow my Facebook actor page at facebook.com forward slash brent.pope. Go to the show website, brentfast.com, or your favorite podcast provider. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review. A year ago, this show did not even exist, and now Brentfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 25 other countries over six continents. New Zealand, Uganda, you just jumped on the Brentfast bandwagon, and I salute you, welcome, and to the largest European breakfast uh, fan bases, England and Ireland. You guys rule. Thank you. And trust me, we are just getting started. Rebecca Metz, what is coming up for you, and where can we find you on social media? 
Um, what is coming up for me? Coop and Cammy season two is airing now and is available on Disney Plus and Disney whatever the apps are and Disney Channel. And um, better things, all four seasons are available on Hulu and there is another season coming, one we're allowed to make television again. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Rebecca Met. Excellent. Uh, thank you for coming in with me. This has been so much fun. Uh, you so much for 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 uh, veteran actors, for beginning actors, for people that are interested in being actors. I think you gave so much cool information today, and thank you for sharing that. And thank you for uh, you know that that wonderful breakfast we had at Glorious. I really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. And you're welcome. And with that, guys, we put another better than your average bear episode of breakfast in the old to go bag. See ya.